time. Check. Mike. Yeah, um, I've been recording you already. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to include that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, here, hold on. Uh, I forgot. We already opened the beer. I, I forgot to leave the can closed, so um, that was our beer opening sound. Um, we are going to uh, have a like a like an extra segmented episode because we always do the shit at the end, right? Mm-hmm. But this week, what we're going to do, folks, is we are going to talk about the first. I don't know. It was probably like eight minutes. It felt longer of this episode, uh, which is a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to talk about the rest of it, but we are not going to talk about the stuff that happens later until we have talked about the stuff that happens before. This is for two reasons. Um, this way, we get to end on a, I, I think, very positive note. Yes, um, most of this episode I think is very good. Um, but we've got some man, we've got some real quibbles with the beginning. Uh, so this way, we get to like get our quibbles out, and then we get to. Go get our nibbles wild, on. yeah. Get our, um, get the other is that yeah. this is the first episode <laughs> in quite a while that Janine has seen none of, um, which means we might be in for some quality oh shits. So wait, I need to do something awkwardly. Hold on, I need to drink some coffee. This is the sound of me unlocking my Contigo to go <laughs> mug. We're not brought to you by Contigo; it's just the brand. Hold on. But I love my Contigo mug. It's like got a. A carabiner clip on it. Contigo, sponsor us. Hold on. Please. <laughs> mm. Welcome to Podlander Broadcast, <laughs> not Lander Broadcast. <laughs> I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hi. Janine is switching off his microphone to eat a taco. Yeah. Two tacos, in fact. Two tacos and three tacos and three lime wedges. I just went I out got from it. My no, I okay. It out. And three lime wedges, which is a lot of lime wedges. Yeah. You could have just had one lime wedge. I. No talking off mic, no bad reviews. Yeah, people don't people don't like it when you <laughs> talk don't off like mic. It. Just eat your tacos. Just man. eat your tacos. Because we've got to make sure you're done eating when we get to the good shit in this episode. Okay. I'm not going to tell you why. Just going to say, go ahead and enjoy your lunch while you still can. <laughs> man, I should have been taking notes because there was something else that grumped me. Well, I've got a couple of grump notes. Okay, so basically, in this, Julie is going to do her synopsis but right. my i have a number of quibbles one of which is uh, once again no passage of time no no sense of how long I, where are they and how long does it take well this time we know where they are at least right but it still feels like i actually the note that i took on this one was <laughs> what day is it or how much time has passed ever <laughs> because it's very difficult to tell yeah. this season and there are some things that maybe could be explained later um, there's a, there's a clarification monologue where mm-hmm. she talks about how she's like daring history to fight her essentially when really what she's just, she's just trying to make a future medicine in the past. Like if she was trying to make fucking, I don't know, vulcanized rubber or yeah. some shit, like she wouldn't be like, I was daring history to come and get me. She's not <laughs> trying to mass produce penicillin. She's not trying to like open a fucking clinic and like give everybody she meets a shot of penicillin. She's not trying to like introduce vaccination. No. Like, no, she just is trying to get penicillin to help the people who live in her immediate surroundings. It is not, it doesn't, it is a big deal. Brie was right to be concerned about it, but it makes her level of concern makes more sense now that it's like clear as like, instead of I was trying to make penicillin from moldy bread, it's I was trying to invent penicillin 
very early. Change the future. And it's just, it was a lot. Um, and, and it went on. So the the very beginning Ooh, that was the other th- that, that was the other thing I remember both of them now. Oh yeah, there are two things that we'll get to, but there were two things where I was like, "What the?" It's like they're completely ignoring the show's own internal history, including some stuff that was not that long ago. But we'll get there. Mm-hmm. So um, we oh, get a yeah. previously on that has all kinds of shit in it. I don't really remember the previously on. I remember that it's a little bit about Marsley mm-hmm. learning the ropes. I remember Beardsleys. Uh, fucking Roger was there, and the Beardsleys were there. Yeah. Um, and then the title, the beginning, the like cold, whatever it is under the clarification monologue is the fucking shit tons of moldy bread, uh, time lapsing and molding while Claire delivers the monologue. Right. Was that the cold open? I thought that came later. Mm, well, there's definitely moldy bread at the beginning. I, maybe there was no monologue yet, okay. but it was, it, no, she definitely talked while they were doing the time lapse of bread yeah. molding. And then, um, Oh, I remember what it was. We see the bread molding. She's got 40,000 bell jars. Marsley comes in and she quizzes Marsley. Yeah. That's what it was. I wouldn't be much of a teacher if I didn't let you find the answer. Right. And, and Marsley's like, we're looking for green mold. But not, not black not dark mold. green. The lake and the blue, but not dark blue. Or black. So Claire's training her to find the right strains of mold to make penicillin great. Whatever. Uh, and then... And <laughs> The when she said, "What kind of teacher would I be if I didn't?" That's when I wanted to say, uh, "I'm not from the future," uh, but she did not. There is also an interesting moment where Marsley is like, "Ooh, they have all kinds of newfangled ideas in Boston." Like, is she figuring it out? Does she know. Is Marsley figuring out that Claire is a fucking time traveler? Because that would be boss. That would be that hilarious. does not happen in the books. Okay. That would be amazing. Marsley I don't even think smart. Fergus knows in the book. Now I don't remember. Yeah. But there are multiple people who just don't, you know, basically nobody knows. There, There is a character who figures it out on their own mm. um, soon-ish. Okay. Maybe it's next season. I think it's next season. It might be end of this season. Um, but I won't say who or how. Um, but it would be very interesting if maybe multiple people sort of start to figure it out mm. slowly. That'd be funny. Um and yeah. then the title card thing is Marsley stitching up a ham. <laughs> Learning how to sew stitches on a pig. Yeah. Well, a dead pig, obviously. But So yeah. then Jamie comes back. We see him riding through the meadow, inexplicably free of trees. Which, who, somebody on the Slack was talking about that. Why are there no trees? It would have taken years to clear cut. I mean, presumably they just found like an open spot and I that's guess. where they built. Which is not like that's not, that doesn't happen in forests, but... Just is really weird. big. It's weird. It's a. It's huge. Yeah. Anyway, he's riding down. Ba-dum, 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 from his militia. Nighttime. Right. And then he comes in, and he says, "Deo gratis" or whatever. Like, Thank something. God. Looking at Claire's yeah. butt. <laughs> As we all do. Well, she's in bed. Yeah. And it, she wakes up and they, Julie described it as Claire and Jamie we touch, touch foreheads. foreheads. That's it. <laughs> they like stare at each other for an inordinately long period of time. And yes, I know he's been gone for a while and there was threat. And maybe he could have died. Sure, sure, sure. But it's a little awkward and it takes too long. And we were just like, oh God, fucking get it over with. And then they didn't even bone. Yeah. So it was like, shh. That's disappointing. 
Opportunity Shh. missed. Oh, let me turn yeah. your shit up. Yeah, okay, back. so Janine is back. Hi. Okay. It was very good, everyone, just oh, so you good. know. Good. And Did you, you, you didn't use a single one of those lime wedges. No, I don't know why they gave them to me. I just wanted the tacos. But you, you put the lime over your tacos. Put the lime over the taco and eat it all up. Yeah. Yes. You squeeze I the lime over your... didn't... That's just to bring out next the time. acidity. Next time. Okay. Next taco. Okay. Yeah. Bring it bring out <laughs> the acidity. Uh and then they touch foreheads for a weirdly long time and then stare at each other for an even longer time. And then don't fuck. And then don't fuck. And my question was, how long was he gone anyway? And then I was like, Don't worry about it. No, no one, no one knows. No one knows. Uh so then it's Jamie talking to Fergus. I was so excited. I was like, great, Fergus Jamie scene. And then it was just Jamie. Bullshit. It was like just exposition. But I <laughs> Take a note, Fergus. Fergus didn't even say Milo even once. <laughs> no. Nope, Not didn't. even once. He, he didn't, didn't go, Milal, even once. What? What did he do in that scene? He took a note. Okay. With so his this hand? is with his other hand. <laughs> so this hand. is the good thing one where I was like, good hand versus wood hand. It just came to me. <laughs> um, this was inspired. The, the first thing where I was like, no, nah, mm, I, have, I have questions. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping that maybe this comes back because there's a very, I think that in general, with the exception of one shot that Julie called the Cialis shot <laughs> and some like timeliney things that, you know, you would have to add like a title card to clarify because the writing just like doesn't do it. Yeah. Right. Um, for the most part though, I think this episode was very well directed and the cinematography is great. There is however, this very confusing shot. Maybe, maybe it'll actually happen, but I don't think so. But you had the same reaction I did, mm-hmm. which is that Fergus, when Jamie tells Fergus that he wants to um, Print an run ad an for ad militia. for the militia, mm-hmm. broadsheets, he wants broadsheets. <coughs> so, Pardon. and they haven't really addressed, maybe they have that Fergus is working for a printing press and goes back and forth. Oh, yeah, forth yeah, they've talked and, about it. Okay, yeah. good. Um he also is helping Jamie run the still, which I don't think they've addressed. And maybe that's not happening in the show, but then they talked about whiskey, so it's confusing. Anyway, mm-hmm. Fergus is like, Oui, Milo. Except for he didn't say he that. He didn't say Milo. I will get, I will get the paper. Oh, papier. And yeah. then he ru- <laughs> They're on the porch when this happens. Uh, and so he goes he scampering inside. inside to what looks like is maybe a study off of Claire's office, whether mm. it's Jamie's study or Claire's study. I in the in the box, the big house, Claire's surgery is directly opposite a hallway from Jamie's study. Um, so that even when they're working, they're kind of close together. It's, it's very sweet. Um <clears throat> And we see her doing something, or I guess maybe it could be Marsley doing something with her back turned. And Fergus is like, crap, I need paper. Oh, let me look at this one and this one and this one. I All shall these take pieces are written this on, one. by the way. Which makes sense, right? All paper Reuse got reused. the other side, right? So um, he grabs it and he grabs a, a quill, I'm assuming, and then uh, runs out to take notes. But there's something written on the other side of this paper. And if you'll recall, last week, Claire spent a lot of energy with Brianna handwriting out a bunch of medical shit. Also, Jamie is corresponding with Lord John Cray about Stephen Bonnet. There's some important shit happening on paper in this house. Right. Ooh, I right? forgot about the Stephen Bonnet. Yeah, like two things. And who knows what else? Jamie has all kinds of fucking secrets. Maybe he's like, plans. dear diary, my wife, the time traveler, who is definitely not a witch, is making so much bread because she's trying to make future medicine. Like, we don't fucking know. <laughs> right? It could be there. Like, it, it could, could be, be any, it could be like, this is the diary of the witch, Galus Duncan. Like, it yeah. could be fucking anything. We don't know. Yeah. So he grabs it. Oh, Milo, I shall take notes. And then he writes down what he wants in the ad. And then goes off to Bye, send Fergus. the ad. Then we real quickly see Marsley butchering a pig. 
Mm-hmm. And then the militia is leaving. Yeah. And it, the, the butchering of the pig is like wordless. There's no like acknowledgement. It's just like slid in there like a little chunk. Remember that Marsley does a lot of butchering and then it's gone. And you're like, wait, it's very what? strange. Like they had like a couple minutes they need to fill. Maybe. Like- oh, also Claire and ja- <laughs> this is important. Claire and Jamie talk about um, Lieutenant Knox. Yeah. Uh, and him stabbing not Rupert in the tum tum <laughs> in the, <gut. laughs> the tum with his rapier. Yeah. Um, and then he dies. Um, <laughs> it's a very. And didn't blood come out of his mouth? Yeah. So they talk about that, and Claire says, I like Lieutenant Knox. I never thought he had the capacity to be so vicious and Jamie's like I me neither right mm-hmm. and they're just talking about this that and the other anyway so then all of a sudden they're leaving for the military and during that conversation that's why I brought it up Claire says she's gonna go with mm. and Julie was initially like no why to which I pointed out yes. um, it's a situation where two people in her immediate family could very easily die plus a bunch mm-hmm. of people that they like and care about and she is literally at this point the best doctor in the entire world there's no <laughs> question unless there is another time traveling doctor from the future out there she is the best doctor in the entire world and it's not close mm-hmm. so like yeah she'll just gonna go with she's just gonna and go with because she'd be like oh raise- no i need i need i need uh to get medical treatment for my injury who can i go to if only i had the best doctor in the world <laughs> close to him instead i've got this fucker who's just gonna put leeches on my like sinuses and blow pipe smoke up my bunghole <laughs> right <laughs> so like it makes sense to me uh, jamie's for a second he's like nah and then he's like yeah. Well, and that is actually pretty true to the spirit in the books. Uh, mm-hmm. This is going to be a very in the books heavy episode, but none of it will be spoilery except for maybe we'll do a little thing at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but she's like, I'm going with you in the books. Paraphrasing. He's like, I. <laughs> yeah, like, All right. I, I mean, I knew you were going to say that. And fine. fine. You're, you I are ne- the best doctor. I do need a medic the and <laughs> these people have to come back alive. So like, just don't get yourself killed. Mm-hmm. Please, please wear this excellent traveling coat and carry this amazing pistol in your belt. That pistol, she, she look looked badass. so good. A lot it of the costumes me, were good this week. It made me feel better about the costumes. Yes, it reminded me of uh, when she and Jenny from the block took to the woods. Yeah, when they had their kind of like swashbuckling yeah. shit, and she yeah. had her guns. And anyway, it were like me it, pirates in the woods right before musical theater duo. Yes. My fondness for that episode has increased sharply. When they're on the road singing. I fucking, it's, I, I recognize that it's that terrible. episode is flawed, but come on, how, how fondly do you think of Claire and Marta road trip doing a musical on the road? It's, it's pretty good. I, well, the thing that I look most fondly upon is thinking of Marta grumpily doing that sword dance. That does make me giggle. You know what else is in that episode? Yeah. Tusk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... They all get ready to leave. So it's Jamie and Claire on their two horses right next to each other riding out. And that's when I was like, it's like a Cialis It did look like a Cialis ad. You know when Um, they're in the bathtubs? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, you're doing your own thing, but you're doing it together. (laughs) And then Brianna and Roger say goodbye. Brianna's hair looks great. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Brianna and Claire have a conversation. She had that weird moment saying something about Scarlett O'Hara, and we both were like, ew. I bet that is why we missed the Frank reference. Yes, because we were Somebody in the, the crowd cast while we were watching said that they really liked that Frank reference which I'm going to have to go back and watch because you know you know me I fucking love a Frank reference mm-hmm. 
And this episode was a little short on acknowledging the history of its characters. So I want to yeah. go back and enjoy that moment. Uh, but we got very distracted by her saying, I feel like Scarlett, I feel like Scarlett O'Hara with all the men leaving the plantation. plantation. And we were like, ew, there are there's so many war movies. You had to go with that one. Why? So like, that was weird. Mm. So the, what we're trying to say is that cumulatively, there were just a whole bunch of little things in the first 10 minutes that were like, ew. Uh, we're not we even were done yet. Because yeah. then the militia is traveling. Mm. These are my two big qualms are basically back to back. And one shouldn't be a big deal, but it just sticks in my craw. The other I think actually is. And maybe other people will have a different perspective on this. I'm genuinely curious. We're just going to let this go. We're going to let it go until it times out. The crowd cast is still going and people are watching. <laughs> I, I can't see how many people are in there currently, but there are definitely people in there. Anyway, um, uh, so the first thing. Now that they're in the woods, Claire has said goodbye to yep. her only child. Mm-hmm. We're away from now, the quote-unquote plantation. And see basically ya. all of the men um, who are not in their 70s are with or them Fergus, away from the property. Away, right, including Roger. They're all away. Um, and uh, Jamie has left Brianna in charge. We hear that it, Roger mm-hmm. basically brings a little ex- mini exposition dump. So they all go away. There's Brianna. Um, Jamie decides that this, they're this probably, is the time. Again, we don't know how much time has passed. It could be two days. They might be 15 minutes away from Fraser's Ridge. We have How much time has passed ever? No fucking idea. <laughs> so they're in the woods somewhere after some amount of time. Yeah. It feels like they're far enough away from Fraser's Ridge to make it a distance. You know? I do not think that the reasoning behind this is that it was too far for Claire to be like, fuck you, I'm going back. Um, but it could have been. It's and that's not her response at all. But anyway, that's the time when Jamie decides to say, because he also gets a letter from Lord John as he's leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, Claire, I have to talk to you. Stephen Bonnet's alive. And they have this Stephen Bonnet is alive conversation. Um, And we were like, really? Everybody's away? He's been spotted at Wilmington at a female fight club. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to tell her about this now? Yeah. After she left? Her daughter yeah. suffering it's, from post-traumatic stress disorder due a, to this person? That one this person of, is alive? With it, like no protection. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> probably is not true. Mr. Bug is still there. Marsley's there. I, I would, Marsley's I would there. not yeah. count and her And I out. think Fergus is there because we don't see Fergus with the militia. Right. Um, and Fergus is would have some difficulty firing a gun. So like there is a big conversation in the books about, um, well, and we've already addressed that a little bit last season, right? About mm-hmm. Fergus's sort of feelings of inadequacy. Right. Yeah. Um, because he can't do all the mainly like, shit. Yeah. His, his disability. So, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so that was, it was bad and it felt, so, and that's in. just the beginning of it. Right. So this is the point that I want to make. Mm-hmm. So first of all, it just, what we know of Claire does not make sense that he would tell her this in a situation where she was going to immediately want to turn around and go back. Cause yeah. she would want to turn around and go back. And then she says, Oh, this is the first time I really got my back. Up. This made Allison really mad. Okay. She says, does Brianna know? And he says, no, which as we know, we is know not she true. does know. They yeah. don't know that she knows. Um, and she says, well, that's a blessing at least, which mm. no, because that's strike one. Um, because it's better to be prepared. Yeah. Right. Granted, they don't know that she told him about the baby, but they do know that she went there. Mm-hmm. Like they know she went to the prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and she was pregnant at the time, like mm-hmm. very pregnant. So 
maybe Claire even does know that. Regardless, it just her response does not make a ton of sense to me. And then Jamie says, <sighs> "I'm going to paraphrase, but basically says that when he thought that Blackjack Randall was dead, that it was a blessing because it gave it was." And Claire puts it as something like the peace for be of being free from the need for revenge, which. Maybe if they're talking about after Culloden, maybe is true, except for two things. First of all, last season, they had a whole conversation about how you never get over it. Right. You get over it, but you never get over it. Like yeah. the answer is no, it doesn't really go away. It's been 30 years or whatever. I guess it hasn't been that long, 20-some years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is still struggling with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very, it's a great scene in the last season. Mm-hmm. And then it definitely doesn't take into account the primary through line for the entire first half of the second season, which is specifically about a rape survivor being unable to deal with the fact that his attacker is dead because he feels like he can't get free of him. And one of the great, like, slightly mockable out of context, but in context, great Sam Hugh online readings of the entire show is Claire tells Jamie that black Jack Randall is still alive. And he goes, this is wonderful news and looks straight up insane when he says it. Right. And it's a whole thing. So what he could have said is like, it's good that she doesn't know because when I knew that he was still alive, it turned me into like a revenge monster. But instead it's about peace. When she was not at peace, Mm-mm. the whole first half of that season, he's having nightmares right. and they can't have sex. And mm-hmm, like he's mm-hmm. tormented. And the fact that he's dead doesn't help. In fact, in his mind, it makes it worse. So it just is completely ignoring this huge part of the show. Yeah. Like a huge, and one of the things that when people talk about Outlander being too rapey, one of the things that I use to defend it is specifically their treatment of that storyline. It is infuriating. And then after that, <laughs> something else. They're sitting, this is so much smaller by comparison, but it's like a teeny tiny. <laughs> but they like tipped you over. They so sure <laughs> did. And it's a teeny tiny ridiculous version of this very big important thing. Yeah. Because this one is also a little bit like insult to injury. So they're sitting around a fire. <laughs> they're out camping. It's the militia, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. John Quincy Myers is there. He showed up and I was like, yay! Because every time he shows up, I'm so excited. He'll always have like one line and it's kind of funny. And that's and then it for gone. the John Quincy right. Myers show, <laughs> yeah. right? Rap on so John Quincy Myers. That's, that's it. So he shows up and, and it's a little bit hard to hear. So I don't know exactly the reference he was making. But that man makes a joke about how there are bears in the woods and they're going to get you without acknowledging that that same man was nearly killed by a man in a bear suit not but one season ago. Oh, yeah. Was attacked and nearly murdered by a man dressed up like a bear. (laughs) So I'm not sure he'd be joking all that lightheartedly about about a fucking bear in the woods. That's a real thing. Like, (laughs) if you're going to make me sit through that I'm backing away from the microphone because I'm going. If you're going to make me sit through that ridiculous fucking episode where he gets attacked by a crazy person dressed like a fucking bear, the least he can do is have a fucking bear phobia. Or be like, or say like, I mean, you never know, it might be a bear. Might be a man dressed up like like a a bear. bear. Right? Like something, some acknowledgement. 
judgment. You made me endure that. And what did you do now? It's just like it never happened. Fuck and then, you. And then they make some <laughs> shrinkage jokes and it's over. Yeah. Then they, that actually is, that conversation is basically straight from the books. They're weighing pros and cons of, do you sleep with your head closed to the fire, or your feet closed to the fire because it's so hot. I mean, yeah. it's so, so cold. cold outside. And right. then they're talking about tiny wieners. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, um, <laughs> Jamie's. They ask Jamie. What well, somebody calls him McDo, which is nice. Mm-hmm. That means somebody from um, Arsmuir is there, and a nice mm-hmm. little callback because apparently someone remembers something that something that else happened. happened because how much time has passed ever? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um, and Jamie is like, "Well, I'll sleep warm, no matter what. No matter where I'm laid." And Claire's like, "That's what you think. Oh, <laughs> no matter how I'm laid. No matter how I'm laid. That's right." That's and she's like, "Mama." That's what you think. Cut to the next morning. At least in this case, the passage of time is extremely. Yeah, we obvious. know that it's night and morning. And um, okay. I don't know if it's the night and then the morning. Isaiah after, Morton, or if it's who like is daylight. better known as Fomf, yeah, Fomf, yeah, right, is yelling like thief, thief, and he's chasing somebody who's wearing a shirt and no pants through the woods. <laughs> Fucking Porky Pig in it. <laughs> Granted, it's one of those long shorts shirts, mm-hmm. but but that's like it's not even really a shirt once it gets down here because then it's just his underwear. Yeah. Remember the yeah. tucking them between yeah. the. I'm never going to forgive Keenan for telling me that. So he's running, he's being chased and they sort of haul him over and, um, and Jamie is like, Josiah Beasley, what are you doing? And Claro is looking all concerned and he doesn't say anything. He just sort of stands there and stares at them with no recognition. Just Mm. like, and then all of a sudden they hear like, Mr. Fraser, Turn around and it's Josiah Beardsley. Twin what? Josiah Beardsley has a secret twin. His name is Keziah Beardsley. Josiah and Keziah. Better known as Kezi. I'm going to call him Kazoo. Kazoo. Sure. Done. Um, He, this is where we learned that they were indentured. So part of the reason that Beardsley, you weren't there for this, but um, he's the one with the tonsils. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Who they want him to cut. He was sort of flirting with Lizzie, and they want him to come um, hunt. He wants to give him a place on Fraser's Riz in exchange for him being the hunter for yeah, the yeah. trapper. Because he's really good at Very it. Very good yeah, yeah, at yeah. it. Like a, mm-hmm. like a savant. Um, and uh, Jamie's like, well, I mean, you're under my protection, so you can have my food, but I think if you're under my protection, you at least owe me the truth. You gotta tell me what's going on so with this. So this is pig why he was like, Yes, I'll I will take you up on that, but I will have to come back eventually. Yes, you can do my tonsils, but I'm gonna have to come back eventually. So you realize where he's gone, which is to rescue his secret twin mm. from the place where they were indentured. So somebody bought their con bought the indenture for them for 30 years. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. And they're um, like, he's supposed to be like maybe, maybe 18 or 20. 17, 18, somewhere yeah. in there. Okay. Um, so he's maybe just even a little bit younger. He's young. Not even halfway through. Yeah, definitely not 20. Yeah. Um, and they uh, find out that um, they reveal that the this guy, Beardsley, um, had boxed Keziah's ears and his eardrums ruptured. And Claire says, well, they should have healed by now, but I'm guessing that's not the only time that your master did that to you. Yeah. So he's deaf, mm-hmm. um, which is why he the wasn't, mm, yeah, which yeah. is why he wasn't speaking. Josiah says something like, he knows words and he just doesn't like to use them, presumably because he's self-conscious about how he sounds, sounds. when he speaks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he can read lips. So Claire says, can I look at your ears? Whatever. Um, and Josiah says, "I please don't, take us back there. I can't, we can't go back there. They beat us. They make us sleep in the barn. It's when I found him, he was, he ran away because he got caught stealing. Josiah got caught stealing. He's branded as a thief. And, um, 
basically is just begging Jamie to find a way to take them back. And Jamie says, okay, but we're going to have to go and talk to them because I'm going to have to buy your indenture because otherwise they can just come back come and take you whenever, whenever they, they want. want. Yeah, You'll yeah. be on the run forever. And Josiah says, thank you, Mr. Beard, not Mr. Beardsley. Thank you, Mr. Fraser. Be, be careful. careful. And this uh, also important note, the reason he wasn't wearing pants oh, is yeah. because a cat in the barn had kittens on his pants and he didn't want to move his pants. That's cute. Very and, understandable impulse. And, and like, yeah, we, just another thing to, for us to know that cats rule the world. Right, <laughs> and that this kid is nice. Yes, yeah. that he's a nice kid. Even though he's been dealt such a raw deal. Yeah. So, so then fucking Josiah saying be careful is now leading us into the portion of this episode, which is why we made you eat first. And we should also really quickly <laughs> oh. Oh, no. do, oh, yeah. there is exactly, from here on out, there is exactly one scene yeah. that's not in this storyline. So very briefly, yes. when they leave... Jamie tells Roger, hey, bro, you're in charge. Don't fuck it up. We need more people for the militia because the way that we're going to avoid war is we're going to have so many people that the regulators are like, well, my bad. Sure. Never mind. We're just going to go back to camping. That's never going to Non-regulating. Right. We're going to deregulate. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) Boop, 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 So uh, Roger's like, okay, I understand. I won't let you down. Then we see one scene of him talking to a woman Fanning, fair, something. Fanny is She's, later. Uh, she, yeah. she will most likely be a character, oh, but it was like okay. Mrs. something uh, in the next episode, but I'm not sure. Mm. Um, or a future episode. She's got two able-bodied teenage sons. Yes. Mm. Roger mm. promises he will bring them home. And she says, all right, Captain McKenzie, since I have your word. And she's real saucy. If I lend you my sons, you'll bring them back. And he goes, mm. oh, that's it. All right, bye, guys. I think they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and he goes, as best within my power. No, I probably uh, shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> so they're signing. The kids look very excited to join the militia. They're because they're literally shoveling shit Yeah, for we their think mom. they're shoveling shit. And oh, they're yeah. like, yeah, get us out of here. Peace. Deuces, mom. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so um, that is what happens there. That's the only um, scene that happens in the rest of the episode that's not about what we're going to start. So all told, it is probably total maybe 15 minutes maybe i'm gonna say 10 to 15 somewhere in there when you throw in that roger scene i mm-hmm. bet it's 15 mm-hmm. um the rest of the episode i wish it had just been a bottle episode i wish they could have like maybe they could have strung it out a little bit longer we could have spent more time with marsley they could have like done a whole bunch of table setting shit they could have been on the road maybe we had a couple murtaugh scenes they could have fleshed it out we could have even gotten like josiah and that could have been a cliffhanger whatever mm-hmm. just so that we could have had this as a bottle episode because it is so fucking good um Directed by Jamie Payne. Who was the who wrote it? Oh, I can't remember. I looked that up. I'll it, look it up. What's a bottle um, episode? That's when it just happens Ooh. in one place and all the characters so, are contained <laughs> and they can't oh, leave. Cool. Technically, it is one or few locations, typically standing sets, which in this case it would not be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and a small cast. It is when they first started making bottle episodes was designed to save money. Now sometimes bottle episodes are also done just kind of to showboat. Yeah. So um, uh, a very famous example is uh, Fly, Breaking Bad's Fly, where it's uh, just Walter, Walter, and Jesse trying to catch the fly that's in the lab. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. There's your Doctor Who person, yeah, yeah. Midnight, which is the one that's on a train. Yeah. Um, that's a bottle episode. Oh, okay. uh, maybe the most famous bottle episode outside of community. Community has an episode um, that is a, a bottle episode about bottle episodes because it's community. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, 
<laughs> there funny. are there's a great there are a couple West Wing battle episodes, but uh, Seventeen People is the one that's best known. Um, and then Three Men and Adina is often called the best bottle episode of all time is an episode of Homicide Life on the Street, mm. which then inspired an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine called The Box, mm. which is also a bottle episode. And that, if you watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, is the Sterling K. Brown episode. I don't, I, I've mm. seen it's them. great. I've seen them sometimes. Um, but but essentially, when it first started, was designed to save money. So you write a story that's set in one place with relatively few people, usually just people from the main cast, mm-hmm. yeah. maybe one guest actor. In this case, it would be two. Yeah. Um, well, one and a half. Um, <laughs> and you and it's confined to very few locations <laughs> so that you save money. Um, in Doctor Who Land, it is also often to save time or so that a character can go do something, like another character can go do something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a great Legends of Tomorrow bottle episode called Here I Go Again. Um, they're very cool. Yeah. But now another Doctor Who one, um, Heaven Sent, which is the punching ice one. Oh yeah. That God, is that was a good episode. Sort of a bottle episode, but obviously it was not a money saving episode, yeah. right? Um, but one location, literally one actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they tend to be hyper focused and they feel sometimes kind of like short plays in a really good mm-hmm. way. So yeah. I fucking love a bottle episode. Uh, love, love, love a bottle episode. And this was Close. Mostly close, <laughs> and it honestly, I think, would have benefited from just dropping us in that place and leaving us there for the entire hour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fucking good. So Jamie and Claire leave the militia to go find Mister Beardsley to get the indenture papers for the twins. Okay, and they ride off into the woods, and then they come upon this cabin, and this cabin is, um, for lack of a better term, creepy as fuck. Cabin in the woods esque ish. It's no, silent. No, it's um. Like a little bit deliverance, yeah. Um, a little bit the, ep- the what is the name of that episode of the X Files? There's an episode of the X Files that home that they didn't show on TV oh. after it first aired for a really long time. It has shown on TV since, but it was sort of recently. Um, and it's are you an X Files person? Uh, not enough. To, okay, yeah. well oh for God. anybody That's who the is, it's the episode. it's the one it's the under the bed one. It's the one where the mom is strapped to the. The incest one, the family. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so we see scaring. this cabin and I looked at Alice and I was like, is this going to be a like put her back under the bed situation? Oh, fuck. And I, and I said, no, but. <laughs> Ish, no. And then I was like this. <laughs> and it's then actually, there's no music. So it's silent. It's and they start approaching. And then for some fucking reason, they split up. So Claire goes and looks in the barn and then we're treated to Little kitties. I think so that was cute. Maybe Saw she was pants. going to, and they are on the pants. Yeah. They're yeah. still on the pants. On the pants. But then Jamie goes to the house. Yeah, kitties. Knock, knock, knock. No answer. Knock, knock, knock. Stands there, waits, no answer. Looks through the window. Allison and I are like, because you can just tell some kind of jump scares coming. No music. It really, like, Silent. the direction is very good. And then Jamie walks past this window and then he turns around to look at it back to his face and then back to the window. And there's a face in the window. No, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> the first time he turns back, he hears no. something. And he looks in the window and there's a goat. Oh, oh, yeah. He sees a goat inside the house. Then. That's ominous. Yeah, he think looks about away that. and no. he turns back and there's a fring. <laughs> <This person is, laughs> there's just a face there ah, staring shit, at him. And he's like. <laughs> You're right. This is going to be a no shit fucking Whoa. episode. So, <laughs> it's a woman. 
She lets him in the house. We've got like three goats wandering around. No, because first she opens the door. Oh yeah, he's dead. He says, I need to speak with your husband. She says, my husband's dead. Hu- oh, she doesn't have a Scottish accent. Gotta watch mm-hmm. my husband's dead. No, she doesn't have a French accent either. Shit, what am I gonna do? My husband's dead. My husband's dead. And he says, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm here to talk about the two young men that you have under indenture. I would like to buy their paperwork. And she says, keep them. I have no use for them. And shuts the door. Oh. And he's like... Mm. Episode mm. done. Well, no, because then <laughs> and he, he walks go, away. He goes to tell Claire, and he's like, "We have to get the papers because if we don't have oh, the papers, yeah, yeah. then they can come back and yeah, claim them whenever they want." Sure, yeah. Yeah. So I have to go back in there. I have to get those fucking papers. <laughs> Claire's like, "Are we? Do we have to? Something about this place doesn't feel right. I don't like it." And we we're all, all, Allison and I are like, <laughs> "It's like this." Clearly, Claire knows what's up because she is from the future, so she's seen horror movies. <laughs> That's right. She starts walking towards the house, and I'm like, "Has she watched <laughs> Jamie? Have you ever seen this program called The X Files?" <laughs> but they there was get a television in. serial called The Twilight Zone, <laughs> also a film called Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> I suspect this is a terrible idea. I have similar feelings. So they... They're coming to get you, Barbara. Like, it just... (laughs) They get into the cabin, and this woman is in there, and it's just a filthy, nasty mess. And you can tell it's really bad because they're disgusted by the smell inside. Mm. And, you know, they... They did Culloden. They were in France. Jamie literally watched the King of France take a shit and gave him some dietary advice. Mm-hmm. They've been some bad smelling places, and they're both like, oh, <laughs> like brings out a kerchief and holds it to She's her like, mouth. No, it's it is it's, visceral. It's, it's visceral. That's like a great acting moment, great directing moment. You can hear flies, but you can't see them. Mm. There, are, the lighting is incredible. There's really bright light coming in through the windows, but it is so dark, dark inside. inside, and there are goats everywhere. Just one. Wandering around inside, and, and this woman is just kind of like, and she—they keep God the way that the surly. framing is mm. so funny. They'll ju- the camera will just move, and she'll just be standing in the background, like kind of hunched with her arms just at her side, like flat. What the fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and at one point, Claire's like, "Why do you keep the goats inside? Because it does not smell good, right?" Yeah. She's like, "It's too cold for them in the barn." Which and is Claire where the gets rage eyes. Was like, "Too cold for the goats, but not for your indentured servants." And Jamie's like, Claire, Claire, break it down a notch. Yeah, we're going to break it down. We need these papers. So cool it, cool she it. can't find the papers, so then they start looking for them. She's walking around the house, going into drawers, looking for these papers, obviously desperate to get these people out of her house. Mm-hmm. Then you start hearing this, like, drip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you see this closet door boom, boom, boom. knocking against a lock. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Fuck. this woman goes... Don't go in there. Don't go in. Don't go in there. And Jamie, of course, being Jamie, is like creeping. I think at this point, music comes in. He's creeping towards it. You see a hook, and the hook is like barely holding. And he flips it and opens it, and it's a billy goat with big ass horns, huge horns. She's like, "Yeah, I keep him in there so he doesn't roust with the other goats. Fuck the other goats." And then they they sort of chase the goats goats out. out. He gets the billy goat. Jamie gets the billy goat outside, and while he's dealing with that. Claire's still got her little kerchief up around her nose, like, God damn it, stinks up in meow. And she looks up and she starts seeing drip, something dripping from upstairs. And, and she, she looks says, at the ceiling and it's like wet. That this smell isn't goat. It's very the wet is very breaking bad. It's, it reminds me a lot of uh, I think it's called the, the Cats in the Bag, which is the second episode of the show, which is the bad bathtub. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. She, the the woman, we still don't know her name, is still looking for the paper. So Claire's like, 
maybe they're upstairs. And she starts going upstairs and we're like, Claire, she God picks up a candelabra and like, I really cannot state enough how fucking good the lighting is. <sighs> like it really is terrifying. And she's going up the stairs. There's also a ladder behind her, mm-hmm. which uh, in the books, she has to go up a ladder. It's a loft and she goes up a ladder because mm-hmm. why on earth would that house have a staircase? It wouldn't. No. Um, it wouldn't in a million years. Um, she gets up there and. Oh, also we should mention he mm-hmm. is a traitor. Um, Beardsley. D- the guy they're there Not I-T-O-R-D-E-R. Traitor. Mm-hmm. Trades things. Like um, cotton. and Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So there's also stuff everywhere. Just like piles of goods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was obviously well off, which will matter later. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes up the stairs, which I guess maybe could exist. They're rich. Um, and the smell increases and then you can see the flies and they're like buzzing. They're coming at the candle. Oh no. And she walks and sees this human form shriveled, like dripping, unmoving human form. And Fanny Beard... The yeah, woman that'll, that'll is come back. yelling, don't, don't go, go up, up there, there don't, don't go, go up there. there. Which, Jinx, Yomiko, <laughs> might have been, like, could, who knows? Maybe it was another goat, but no, it's not a goat. Uh, Claire looks at this body. It's like, oh my, is this your husband? When did he die? Oh, that's when she asked, she went mm-hmm. downstairs, when did your husband die? And she says about a month ago. So she's, so she's looking for his body, and then she finds it. And she leans down and touches him, and he goes, Fucking, <laughs> he's still alive. What the fuck? Good yeah. jump scare. Yeah. Julie went, Wah! And I'm just like, oh, man, please don't it's show any more of his body. At this point, when she started going up the stairs is when I started going, beards of shit, we're doing all the weird beardsly shit. Yeah, I really thought the show wouldn't go there. No, <laughs> we're going to do the beards of shit. <laughs> we're going to do all the beards so of shit. It was so gross. I was gagging. I was, it's I was gagging on the couch. Flies, like, on his He's, eyeballs. It's like, like they keep putting this close up right on his mouth and he's got something fluttering in his I mouth. Th- I feel like they must have put some kind of prosthetic on him because oh, the, God, he could move again. the lower portion of his mouth, but like not, and he could blink, but like couldn't move his body really, couldn't move his face. This actor, whoever, we'll have to look it up, did a good fucking job. And the makeup, blink hair, acting. all of it. Lots of blank like, Horrifying. Blanking. So Jamie hears Claire making a he ruckus. He runs up there and he's like, running. oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, yeah. What the? And she's right. like, I can't leave him here. What know, She's a doctor. Fuck? So she start. they bring him downstairs. She starts looking him over. She says what looks like is he had a stroke. You would call it an apoplexy. Mm-hmm. God, and there's another moment where they actually remember a thing that happened on the show. We'll be back. Um, she starts looking him over. So he's not in great shape, but a lot of his wounds are really fresh. And one of his feet is fucking like, you know how some people like s'mores when you let the marshmallow burn all the way and it gets the black crust all around? Yes. One of his human feet is foot. burned like that. But like with, instead of gooey marshmallow on the inside, it's like red human flesh. And we get a couple of really nice close-ups of a few of his wounds just filled with maggots. So this is a... Nope, we'll save that for the end. That's it. There's, Janine, that's an in the books. Thing. It was gross. What the fuck is going on? And then on you right see now? 
like cuts. Oh no. Right. And Jamie says, well, is it possible that she was trying to bleed him to heal him? And she's like, no, yeah. she was torturing him. She was torturing. Him. Oh, and we forgot one detail when they first came in the house, when Claire comes in, she turns around and looks at this door frame and there are hash marks all over the door frame. Yeah. Like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, all the way around the door frame. There's also at one point, it, we, it, we forgot this too. Later. In the what conversation the with Josiah, he refers to the first Mrs. Beardsley. So they already know that this is at minimum his second, second wife. So, so she's pissed and upset and very confused and asks, can you heal him? And Claire starts talking about like what she can do. And then they're talking, but Jamie is like, we have to get back we to the militia. To I don't think yeah. you understand. I put a time traveler, I put a time traveling singing historian in charge of a group of men who might die in a battle. So we really, we need to, to hurry go. this up. <laughs> got to go. Uh, she's like, well, I can't just leave him, but I mean, his foot has to come off. I have to amputate his foot. We have to get these wounds cleaned. I'm going to have to find somebody to work. We can bring him into town with us. And then you see, I mean, you see while the they're woman, talking about this, right? she's still looking for the papers and she opens up the store and she finds a little piece of rope and she's like, grabs the thin rope. rope. And then uh, Jamie and Claire are in a separate part while of the area, talking like about talking that. about this. And all of a sudden they hear, <clears throat> and that woman has run into that room, looped that rope around this stroke patient's throat and is trying to choke him out, just trying to kill oh him. Oh my God. And Jamie's like, whoa, dude. And he runs up behind her and she's just like, bap. Puts up a shoulder, real fight shoulder with right Fraser. to his fucking nose. So you can tell she's been in some crass fucking scraps. Yeah. And she fights and fights, and they manage to push her off of him. He's still alive. She <laughs> runs great. backwards, boom, against the wall, and in a hilarious little touch, a crucifix falls off the wall Tiny and one. goes. And then like lands. smacks her right in the back and like, like she oh. gets low key beamed by a tiny crucifix, <laughs> which is hilarious. And then she goes Ugh! and then fucking her water breaks. She pregnant. Oh my god, what the fuck is happening? So this? you can see Claire and Jamie are both like, <laughs> what? Believe we shot all we want. We just wanted some paperwork. I did not expect this on a Tuesday, <laughs> yeah. right? And so they, Claire helps her give birth. Oh god. And oh shit! It uh, is a little girl, a little mixed race black girl. Oh shit! <laughs> uh huh. And you hear this woman say, <laughs> "She looks at this cute ass baby and is like, it's not yours. Can you hear me? It's not yours.'" And you see the man's stroke face be like. <laughs> so I'm then sorry. Claire and this woman are having a conversation about the baby. And she is talking about, you know, is it born of love? And at this point, the woman says, you know, they that at one point, I don't know if at this conversation earlier, they talk about what happened. And she says, well, he was chasing me. He he was beating me and I was running and he was chasing me. So I, came, I went upstairs to try to get away from him and he followed me and then he fell to the floor and started convulsing and I couldn't get him down. She's like, that doesn't account for all the rest of it. She's like, well, yeah, I wanted him. I mean, I want him to die. I just wanted him to die slowly <laughs> for oh, everything that he did to me, oh for all God. the things he put me through. Yeah. So this guy is obviously a monster, straight up monster, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then what she's doing is also pretty fucking monstrous, yeah. right? But she is very obviously a 
victim of some extremely serious we physical, find out presumably sexual, definitely psychological abuse. That sure, she yeah. was uh, also maybe indentured or he bought her from her dad in Baltimore and had been there for what, two years? Yeah, two years, oh, three she had months, it. and five days. And Claire was like, oh, were those your hash marks on the door? And she goes, no, those were Miranda's or Marianne or something. Marianne's. And Claire's like, who's Marianne? And she's like, his fourth wife? Second, the second Mrs. Beardsley. Second Mrs. Beardsley. And, and she's like, which Mrs. Beardsley are you? And she's like, fifth. Oh, my God. The other four buried under a rowan tree. He killed them all. Um, and she says that, I think it is Marianne. I mm-hmm. see her sometimes, and she gives me advice. Um, that shit is all in the book, but it is uh, it's w- way creepier. Mm-hmm. At one point, they see her talking to Marianne, and at, I think also at a certain point, Claire thinks she sees someone standing under the rowan tree. Wow. Um, so like, and and it was Marianne's idea. Some of it was Marianne's idea. Anyway, it's f- f- creepy, creepy fucking section of the book. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, then Claire says, well, you know, maybe you're a mother now, something. And the woman says, um, giving birth don't make you a mother no more than sleeping in a barn makes, makes you a, you a horse. horse. She says, well, maybe once you give her a name and then goes, oh, I'm so sorry. What's in between name? discovering your husband in the attic, like Mr. Rochester's wife, but worse... And Way worse. I mean, it was pretty bad though what Bertha was going through though. Giving, ha- having you give birth and then helping you deliver your afterbirth with a loud squelch, squelchy. That's terrible. Um, I didn't get your name. And she says, Francis, my mom used to call me Fanny. And here's, a, you can just see Matthew B. Roberts in the writing room being like, guys, guys, I've got it. Hold on. Add this. They say it means freedom. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's the only line in this whole section where I was like, no, nope. come on. No, nope. they really wanted to call the episode "Free Will," and there's a line about Will later. So they're like, "We got to get free in there somewhere." Ugh. Oh yeah, I forgot the name. The title of this episode is "Free Will," and we haven't made a single free willy joke. Not yet. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we're we getting, could make we could also make a free Winona joke. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting we're gonna find ourselves in the jetty at some point. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting there. Yeah. We're getting pretty close though. So. <laughs> This so they have this whole conversation about the baby and she, oh, and this is a really good line, a bad line followed by a very good one. She says, and you, your name is Sassanac, right? <laughs> and Claire's like, that's Claire laughs only to my husband. You can call me Claire. And she says, okay, Claire. So then they um, bunk up for the night. In this horrible house? Yes. Yeah. God, fuck. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> probably just sleeping on some goat turds over Jesus. there. I mean, it looks like they're in their bed. I don't know where they are. It's... Confusing. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You see somebody moving around, tucking in the tiny baby feet. Um, and they wake up the next morning, and Fanny Beardsley is gone. Fanny Dunn. Oh, she also says her father was a good man. There's a question about whether or not he's born out of love, but he's not around, whatever. So she maybe is going looking for this man. Maybe not. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But she has Jesus. left. She peaced out. Yeah. And Claire picks up the baby who's crying, which is what wakes her, and there's paperwork underneath it. And it is the deed for the house and all the stuff in it. For There's also a conversation when they're talking about the daughter about how the land and the home and all the stuff is her birthright. Mm-hmm. But it's not a home for her. Fanny because it's a house of horrors for yeah, her, right? Yeah, yeah. And we Also, to, the indenture paperwork. Oh, for the brothers. Yeah, yeah. So I forgot to mention this earlier when she said he's not... 
this baby's not yours. It's not yours. The reason why he killed all the wives was not only was he an abusive fucking bastard, but none of them could give him a baby. Oh. Yeah. Uh, So then Jamie's like, all right, Claire. Well, I guess we got to take this baby now. And what the fuck are we going to do with this guy? Claire's like, "Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't promise. I can't. I can't not take him. And Jamie's like, but she said, but you have no such uh, restriction. What does she say about no, him? It's him. He says it. Oh, he yeah. says, I know you can't leave him here, but I have no um, such. Th- I, I would do, this isn't what I do for a dog, something like, or I do it for a dog. Basically saying like, I can kill this guy. Some, he needs to be put down. This yeah. is inhumane. So earlier in the episode, I don't remember what the context is, but he uses blink once for yes, blink two for no to communicate with this guy. So and we he, already know he can do he that. He makes sure to tell Claire, he's like, go outside, don't come back in until I tell you, and I want you to know that it's going to be his choice. His will. His will. That's right. right. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Get it. But that one works for me. Yeah, that for me. Yeah. It's, that the, it's the fanny means free, which in, in Britain, fanny means vagina. vagina. So like... So. Fanny means all kinds of things. <laughs> um, so Jamie is leaning over. It's a very cool sequence. So he's leaning over him. And again, it's like the house is so dark, is so cool. but the the sun coming in from outside is so bright. Like it's really, the contrast is neat. And he says, um, you know, my wife's a healer. You've had an apoplexy. Do you understand? She says, you cannot come back from it. Do you understand? Your wife has left and the child is not yours. Do you understand? He's blinking. Yeah, he's blinking once, blinking once, blinking once. Um, your foot is rotted or your foot is gangrenous or something mm-hmm. and it will have to come off or you will die by rotting. Um, do you understand? He blinks. and He says, um, do you want my wife to try to care for you? And he blinks twice. He says, do you want me to end your life for you? Oh, we forgot one thing. Right before he goes over and starts asking him these questions, he picks that crucifix that hit the ground up off the floor and looks at it for a second and puts it over the fire like, all right, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He says, "Uh, do you want me to end your life for you? And he blinks once. And this is a great fucking moment. Mm -hmm. He says, do you... And then it transitions. The angle is exactly the same, but... The way, like, I don't know if it was a lens thing. I don't know I how they did it. I think it was a different it, lens. But it's very obviously, we are now very obviously inside this guy's head, and it's how Looking he at seemed. Jamie. It's filmy. It's fuzzy around the edges. Sort of out of focus. Mm-hmm. And he looks l- l- like a fucking heavenly crusader, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's lit from behind. Yeah, yeah. He lo- Like, he just looks like the fucking right arm of the Lord. Like, he looks like an avenging angel. Mm-hmm. It's cool as hell. And he says, I don't want to send a man to, man to hell. Will you pray for forgive- forgiveness? And we cut back to an extreme, like, macro close-up on his eye. And he blinks once. And then he blinks again. Mother... And Jamie says, God, forgive me. And we cut to a really beautiful shot of like leaves outside. It's very horror movie. And we hear a gunshot. And then it, this is a great visual effect. It was so cool. We see Claire and she looks up at the sky and fucking all the birds in the world, thousands of birds (laughs) come out from the trees. And it is an incredible shot. It's really cool. And at that point, Julie was like, it's a murder. (laughs) And I said, well, I think it's more like a mercy killing of crows. Um, It was good. Uh, And then they (laughs) come out and they've got this baby and they pack up the goats. Yeah. uh, And they hit the road. And it's time to go. It is a wild fucking ride. It's 
Like the first, I was not expecting that. Yeah. The Roger scene is good. It's a good scene. I just wish that it hadn't been in there. Like maybe if it had started next week or they had found a way to put it at the beginning, something. Mm-hmm. Because it was in the middle of the Beardsley Once they shit, approach it oh, the yeah, Beardsleys, yeah. it's incredibly claustrophobic and atmospheric. And in the inside the episode segment, oh. um, they talk about all that it was intentional. They wanted to do all of that. Um, I will say it does sound a little bit like Matthew B. Roberts thinks that he invented horror television and the bottle episode. Um, he was like, most other TV shows wouldn't do this. I'm and like, we're well, all like, X-Files, Twilight Zone. Do I need to go on? And plenty, like plenty of TV shows that aren't horror have done things where it's atmospheric. And, like there mm. are some... there. The, I'm picking a show sort of at random. The West Wing. There is an episode of The West Wing, the season two premiere of The West Wing, jumps back and forth and the flashbacks are sunny and whatever, but it is a fucking nightmare. It's terrifying Mm -hmm. where people are like, Josh Lyman is maybe going to die. There are like really scary episodes of TV or when Zoe Bartlett gets kidnapped. Oh yeah. Fucking terrifying. Like there are scary episodes of TV that aren't horror shows. And I just, it is bewildering to me. He seemed smug. He just, it just, and I, he, and he is not wrong. The show does all of the things he says they do. Um, it just, it was like he had never seen another television show. Um, and Allison's like, Matthew B. Roberts does not watch TV. I really, I mean that sincerely. It's sure. like, it's great, but they're not, they're, it would be much better to frame this as participating in a pretty great tradition of television, yeah. which is when you switch genre for an episode. It happens all the time. In yeah. fact, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> uh, there is a chapter on this in my book. Yeah. yeah! Um, so I have all kinds of thoughts about it. But basically, one of the great things about serialized storytelling is occasionally you can just fucking switch genres for an episode, right? Mm-hmm. And Outlander has done this before very successfully in all kinds of ways. The Jenny and Claire go on the road episode yeah. feels very different. Faith feels very mm-hmm. different. There are episodes where it's just like you briefly step into some other world, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of the great, because we're in the era of the best TV in fucking history, a lot of really great shows have done this. And the bottle episode is a part of that tradition, right? Bottle episodes exist in conversation with each other, but the musical episode is part of that. Mm-hmm. Silent episodes are a part of that. The time loop episode is a part, like there are lots and lots and lots of forms that TV shows try on. And while we're doing a horror episode is one of those, mm-hmm. where shows that are not horror shows will occasionally do something where it's just like there have been some of them in recent years where they're dealing with a mass shooting obviously mm-hmm. those can be pretty traumatic like there are these happen there there was a not very good episode of scandal that was like this like there are mm-hmm. it's out there um medical show, shows that aren't for a long time always do this and then a lot of the greats like buffy tried on genres all the time oh, scrubs time. would switch genres mm-hmm. like it's not unusual right um Crazy Ex-Girlfriend did a great one of mm-hmm. these where um, the episode is called, um, oh God, what the fuck is it called? The next one is I Never Want to See Josh Again. Um, I can't remember what this one is called, but it, most people just call it the Swim Chan episode. And it's mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it is shot like a horror movie. Like it's mm. really dark darks and the all the framing is different. It just, there's the titles are different. It's supposed to look like Swim Fan. It just is really <laughs> funny. Um so it's Swim he's not it's funny. he's not doing anything new, but that's not a mark against it. It's great because other TV shows do this too, and that is what's part of wonderful about watching television. It just yeah. grumped me out. Well, and, and like too, like it's it's an interesting 
uh, through line where he seems to forget history. Yeah. I mean, this has happened before. Yeah. Oh, because that that's the other thing. This is a time when they did it well. Yeah. Because for for those two huge moments of just forgetting fucking history, there's a really nice one when they're leaving mm-hmm. and oh, Jamie yeah. says something like um Oh yeah. He goes, "My father had an my father had an apoplexy." I thought, well, the first thing he says is, mm. "I thought apoplexy killed, killed you. you outright." And Claire says something I don't know what. And he Not says, "Not always." Jenny never told me about it so i don't know if my father suffered he doesn't know Mm. um i know because i've read the books so i know that you know he dropped dead like dropped like a stone had a stroke and died um Mm -hmm. and i don't know if he was you know dead before he had the ground but he did not live long Mm -hmm. brian fraser was it was brief um it wasn't like this um and he um is obviously affected by it. And Claire says, Jenny would have told you. And he says, perhaps. Yeah, maybe she would. Um, mm. And then says, if that ever happens to me. Like it happened to my father. Yeah. I want you to. Please kill me. Pl- <laughs> I want you to do what you. I want you to promise me that you'll handle it or end it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'll do what has to be done. Which is which I screamed out. That's not a promise. That's a promise. She did not say she would kill him. <laughs> She's like, I'll do what needs to be done. And he's like, I'm asking you to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, there you go. So that was a, a good example of the show. Yeah. Great. Past. Great. Like really specific and smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do like I am being a little bit hard on the Jamie thing, the um, the blackjack thing, but I do think like just a little reframing could have made that make more sense. But the entire first half of season two, really, I don't want to get riled up again. But well, it feels a little bit, it feels lazy. Like it's this, it was a quick bit that was not a part of the main storyline of the episode, and it feels like they let go of the reins on that, right? Yeah, it, it just, just kind of felt like slotted yeah. in. For it no felt totally. like um like a like a bad summation of a thing that actually did happen, right? Yeah. Like factually, yes. It's just that it's, it's sort of the opposite of what he describes, right? Yeah. Nothing about the first half of season two is peaceful. Yeah. Like it's incredibly stressful and upsetting. Yeah. Um, so, and it's contrary to more recent scenes. And then the bear thing. The bear <laughs> just pissed you Fucking, off. Yeah, it, and I don't want that to be the focus because that fucking all the Beardsley shit man so I have good. no complaints I really was it's fucking it's terrifying it's so gross like physically grossed the out the maggots like and the wound and all oh, the terrible. fly it just <laughs> it was incredibly atmospheric there's this the production design is really really good in a way that's not like let's make the big house the most beautiful place you've ever seen mm-hmm. um like you could see things where you would think oh I bet one of the one of the Mrs. Beardsley's did that where there's um, like a bunch of different size wagon wheels and gears on the wall. Like mm. someone was trying to decorate and then forgot or like lost track. Yeah. Or died. Or um, died. Or got murdered. <laughs> there, the barn doesn't yeah. have a door on it and is like slightly crooked and it just looks like it's something. Mm. Like it looks like if you were playing a video game, you would, before you went in there, like make sure you had health potions. <laughs> right, yeah. Like put on your toughest armor. Zombies are coming like, out of that you like barn. like load up your gun, yeah. whatever's yeah, zombies and you know you have to go in there because definitely like the map that you need or whatever is it in is there. in there. <laughs> but Guarded like, by zombies. That's what that barn looked like. Zombie kitties. 
Well, the yeah. kitties oh, are they're so very cute. cute. I'm so glad that nothing bad happened to the kitties or the baby because I was filled with dread and afraid that it would. How long have we been going? It is one hour and two minutes. Perfect. So I want to do some in the book stuff that isn't spoilery. Okay. And then we'll do our little scales and then we'll do like a little brief in the books at the end. Okay. Uh, if I can remember what it was that I wanted to do there. So um, this is, for the most part, pretty faithful to what happens in the book mm-hmm. with a couple of big exceptions. First of all, like I said, the ghost stuff is way underplayed, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a bummer, although it didn't need to be scarier. Right. Uh, the blinking stuff straight from the book. The um, I don't think they ever take him out of the weird loft. I think he stays up there, but Jamie asking him if he wants to die and the two of them sort of co- being in a confront, mm-hmm. like a, an understandable confrontation, but a confrontation about that um, is, uh, that's all right from the book. Um, I think even the kittens are from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, one change is that Fanny Beardsley um, in the book has, and it's sort of implied that it's because he beat her, but she does, she has broken front teeth. Mm-hmm. So she lisps. Ah. Um, and it has just part, partially because I've listened to the audiobooks and Davina Porter is so good at it. Like yeah. the lisp is just like burned into my brain, right. but she's like speaking through broken front teeth. Um, Sleeping in a barn she, makes you a horse. The goats are in the book. Um, they aren't? They, they are. are. Yeah. Um, but the big change, and this is, I was, it, it's a good adaptation. Like it makes more sense um, because it allows them to stay in one place. But they dispatch Mr. Beardsley and pack up to go. And she comes out and it's like, I'm coming with you. Uh-huh. They're like, no. And she's like, no, I'm coming with you. And at this point, has not had the baby, by the way. Ah, um, okay. I'm coming with you. Um, and we're taking the goats. So they have the goats. Mm. Um, and they hit the road. Um, and it's night. And they're heading to this village, wherever, town, where they have to meet Roger. And um, hmm. I think they get attacked by wolves. What the fuck? The goats, specifically. Oh, okay. Um, but even still, what the fuck? And one of them gets taken off, and then the the goat with the giant horns, his he was defending the other goats, and his leg gets broken. Um, so Claire, like, splints it, <laughs> right? Like, Claire's caring for the goat. Um, and then they wake up in the middle of the night, and Fanny Beardsley has given birth and disappeared. So she does it on her own. She goes into the woods. She has the baby. She brings back the baby and leaves it at the fire. And they like find the place she gives birth and what disappears. Um, so then they have these. Go- they have a goat with a broken leg. They have all baby. these other goats and they have a baby. And they are giving the goat's milk to the baby, which is a thing they reference. Mm-hmm. And then the baby is like rooting at her shirt, trying to find her tits. And she's like, "I don't. That's it's not going to work. It's been a really long time, my friend. It's not going <laughs> to work. It's not going to work." Um, so that is a really big change. Wow, that's um, it's just. It's like that really slightly calls into- creepier. That calls into uh, question for me. How many times has Fanny done that before? Just given birth? Walked out into the woods, given birth, and then oh, I, maybe killed a baby? That's an interesting question. That's not implied. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't I don't think would kill the baby. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. Um, she's... Uh, Unless she didn't want it to live with that fucking monster. Yeah. But it seems like maybe he was... He just... His swimmers were terrible. Yeah. Because he couldn't, he's got a Henry VIII situation going there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, so it's, this is one of the reasons that I sort of like 
this this episode specifically is a very good example of what I like about this book that I think a lot of other people don't, which is that it just will take a story like this and just sits with it. Mm-hmm. In another book and in another season of this show, this would all happen much faster, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And instead, you just, there, there's another kind of, murdery story coming up if it happens mm-hmm. or it looks like the next episode is also going to be like one of these where they um there's a, a story that's sort of confined to one location and is really specific and they get kind of wrapped up in this story that belongs to other people and they just mm-hmm. are kind of interlopers in it um while they're doing the, their militia thing so um yeah i just i think that it was a very good adaptation of a very good section of the book that is um, true to kind of the spirit of how it was written initially, which mm-hmm. is that it's m- much more atmospheric. It's yeah. not so plot driven. And mm-hmm. there is a lot, I mean, a lot happens. It's just that it's happening. It's more about other people. Yeah. And then it's what it stirs up in them and the questions they're forced to ask. And Claire sort of wrestling with the Hippocratic Oath and what it means and how much she can actually do, which is an interesting reflection of what she's trying to do with the penicillin. And, um, and Jamie kind of being confronted with like, why is it his lot in life to kill? Why is he just a person who just kills all the time? And in this case, obviously it's very different, but given his relationship with God, like that's complicated. And anyway, I just think it's like a really good, weird, fun, scary section. And without spoiling anything, while that is a a wrap on uh, Beardsley's house of horrors, um, (laughs) The Beardsley twins, they just stay weird. Like it's just, um, anytime there's a Beardsley story, it's just a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. so like, hopefully we'll do the tonsillectomy, which I think maybe she does with a hot wire. Yeah, you mentioned that. And then like catches it in like a cup. Then it just is very dramatic. It requires like six people. Oh, <laughs> like, God. yeah. Anyway, it's, um, and that's a, a tame example of how weird the beard slaves can get. Um, that we're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Roger does get left in charge in the books, and he is sort of the, like I said, the campfire sing- scene is pretty much straight from the books, only the thieving, I think, happens at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big biggest change is just the is just Marsley and then uh, Fanny Beardsley not giving birth in secret in the woods and yeah. <laughs> leaving the baby by a fire, <laughs> um, and going off and they can't find her and yeah anyway, mm-hmm. um, crazy episode yeah crazy it's episode. very Lord. effective. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think I was going to say this and then I got distracted. The director Jamie Payne has done a lot of. TV directing of some pretty good shows, but one of the shows that he has directed for is Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, he has two Doctor Who credits. One is an episode I really like, and one is an episode I don't care for, but very high profile episode um, that the fact that I don't care for it is really not his fault at all. Um, the first one is Hyde, which is the the like historic ghost hunters, the like the professor and yes. his assistant with the woman from Call the Midwife in it, where yeah, it's yeah. kind of a love story. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is great and yeah. creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the other one is uh, the Matt Smith finale, is uh, oh. the time of the Doctor. Oh, no kidding. Which I do not care for. But is a, was a very high-profile episode very of Doctor high Who. Very high-profile, because um, that was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, he's, but he's directed a lot for TV, and I think just really did a fucking he, great he job. Knocked, he knocked it out and of the park, especially on the beard. very season. different yeah. from other episodes. Of it did. Oil. Even remember, the early stuff looked different in yeah. the episode. I remember last week when I caught the, uh, you know, the next episode previews, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, oh, this feels... Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feels like I'm watching a, a Are You Afraid of the Dark episode all of a sudden. Totally, yeah. yeah it really, I think, was just really good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so scales. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll start with the doing it scale. Oh my god, no! This is like, ugh. Uh, I you don't even have to give me options. I, I will just say that this is the uh, what should uh, what's the nuclear option here. Schindler's List. No, like, that is not. No, come on. There are definitely less sexy episodes of Outlander than this one. Oh, it was pretty bad. But the, f- but the forehead touching. Uh, but the forehead touching here. Wasn't but sexy here's to me. the it thing. Like, oh. But it is the only sexy moment. <laughs> Here, let me try to okay. come up with another right. end of the scale because right. the high end of the scale is going to be <laughs> the like the dark universe reflection of this scene where it's good which is fucking st- stealing the wheels off the cannons and coming oh, and in with the grease on the they face actually fuck no but then they don't right so uh, like there is a way for them to not have sex where it's still hot yeah and because yeah. that scene this is extremely that hot yes, no this, this is like i'm sorry these people would definitely be fucking like she traveled through time to get that d like they right. definitely would be fucking. alive they have their <laughs> own the house they like they definitely would be fucking like mm-hmm. they 100 would be fucking mm-hmm. Never mind. Yeah. It's not that. We'll just say it's the opposite of that scene. Yeah. I, they're just, it, it felt like a betrayal. Yeah, it characters. was a fucking betrayal. I'm going to be, I'm going to be all mad on Twitter about it. <laughs> no, just do it. Yeah. All right. And then beer. I okay. didn't get up. No. I could have gotten up in that first 10 Let's minutes. Let's do, um, on a scale from, um, let's say, what's really not scary, but it's supposed to be scary. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? Let let's let's oh, say eraser head. I, well, that's to me. Uh, people always said it was creepy, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, we're gonna say uh, the. I just had a really good one right out of my head. It's not very scary to me. Yeah, Gremlins. Sure, okay, Gremlins. it's cute. Not Gremlins. Scary. Kind of supposed to be scary. Um, not. To home, the episode of the X Files with the lady. <laughs> oh fuck! Put her back in. Put her back in. Oh I'll never gosh. forget watching that episode. It was when uh, first I've seen that episode twice. Ooh. Sadly, how did you see it the second time? DVD. The first time I saw it was the only time it aired in the United States, which was on. It Halloween. has aired since. Yes, which yeah. the first time was I believe no. The second time, the one that when they re-aired it was the Halloween when they did it on Halloween. The first time was when it originally aired, like back in two thousand two thousand one, something like that. Because Neil and I still lived in Arkansas, and we were watching the X Files at the time, and I was just like, "What the fuck?" So then the second no, sorry, back that up. The first time I saw it was when it aired live when I lived in London. That's mm-hmm. right, because we we uh, got a group together that would watch the X-Files every week, and that I remember because there were like six of us in there, and we're all like this. Pulls her out from under the bed, and we're all like, put her back in! <laughs> and then the second time I saw it was when they re-aired it in the States. And so Neil and I lived in Arkansas, and that was the Halloween show. Mm. When I, I like was talking to Neil on the phone about it after I'd watched it, and I was like, holy fuck balls. And he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, this episode of the X-Files. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. 
And so when I got back and they showed it, I was like, oh, you going to watch this now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so between Gremlins and Home. home. Woof, it's way closer to the home end of the scale, but I don't know if it's quite there. What's something that's so gross and kind of creepy? Super gross and kind of creepy. Mm, mm. Not scary, but creepy and definitely body horror gross. The fly. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. That's a really good comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't, the costumes are so not the point of this episode that I don't even really want to do one. Claire's traveling coat say, is great. Well, and Brianna's little sweater mm-hmm. thingy looked great. Um, the, Jamie's fucking vest and his really slick belt with his mm-hmm. scabbard oh, and, like, and his Fergus's tall ass greaves yeah. with those buttons all it was just it was a good costume just episode it just wasn't bits. about little jibs and drabs want to replace it with makeup to talk about the special effects mm, well I think that's, that's the fly too though yeah. yeah yeah it really like was a very I don't know how they either that actor has incredible control over his face mm. but they definitely built it out somehow. something there was something they did something to his cheekbones it really was it was just incredibly effective mm. um, really, they looked really swollen effective. but his face also in general looked sunken you know because he was oh, wasting yeah, away yeah. so it was just this really weird mask effect kind Ooh. of yeah Ugh. and then that shit with his mouth I just kept waiting for Clarice Starling to pull a moth out of there with some toys or something <laughs> you know because it's like yeah. fluff, fluff, fluff. Uh, it was terrible it was terrible you know what I don't think any of the in the book stuff that I can talk about I I don't think is stuff that I necessarily want to spoil for you guys one it's just it's next week and if it happens then you'll find out then and it's not like so shocking and the other thing I just don't know that I want to spoil okay Um, so so yeah golden peppermoose yeah Mm. ooh well it's definitely going to be somebody in the Beardsley sequence. So that li- leaves us Beardsley. I'm going to give it to Fanny. I actually am. Good. Because that monologue after she gave birth was, from, at one point I was like, Francis, Fanny killed it. You know, yeah. it also sounds like she, um, the tension was motivated by her like freneticness. Oh yeah. Like, and her appearance of her face in the window. It was, was a like, great yeah. physical performance. Yeah. She, yes. And it shifted because the, one mm-hmm. of the other great things is like at a certain point it stopped feeling like a horror episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like it shifted in tone mm-hmm. to being something a little bit more intimate. And then it was very intense in a more traditionally outlander way, like yeah. in a, and like a peak mode outlander way in like a faith or a, mm-hmm. like a Culloden, anytime where Jamie has to make a, like a really painful decision. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and this is like a slightly less version of that because he didn't know him, but it was, um, and yeah. obviously an evil piece of shit, but honestly, all no. four of them, oh including the guy who Dude. played Beardsley, they, they all did great, really great. But Claire I'm, was great, Katrina was great, Sam was great. Let me yeah. try and find her name. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Fanny Beardsley. Looking up the actress name. By the way, Kyle Reese is the name of John Quincy Myers. John mm-hmm. Kyle Reese, you were robbed. You deserved <laughs> at least one joke where you were like. Can we not joke about bears, please? <laughs> yeah. Like at least one. Paul Gorman is the name of the the kid playing uh, Josiah and Kezi Beardsley. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. Allison found out that this kid who's playing the twins, uh, it, this is his first IMDb title. Yeah. So no he might have done some theater yeah. and shit, but yeah. he is. Um, oh, Jordi. There's another Jordi. Okay. Her name is Bronwyn James. And then Chris, we're going to look up both of them. Christopher Fairbank played Aaron Beardsley, but let's look up Bronwyn James. Mm-hmm. Cause she looked familiar to me. Oh my God. Harlots. 
She ah. fucking also named Fanny. She played Fanny on Harlots. Okay. Uh, and was very good on Harlots. I knew I fucking knew her from somewhere. Good job, Bronwyn. Bronwyn. <laughs> very good. Very good. What else? I mean, it's the Harlots is definitely where I recognized her from, but she mm-hmm. it looks like she also did some Call the Midwife. Um, mm-hmm. She was in Peterloo, which is a really good movie. Um, yeah, but it was definitely Harlots that I rec- that I recognized her from. Cool. All right, which, good show. It's, it's a good TGP. show. You should watch it. Yeah. All right, and Christopher Fairbank. I'm wondering if he is maybe a like a visual effects performer, but we'll see. He has a lot of credits. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take me a minute to sort of scroll back and see what what good shit's in here. Vera, like everybody else in the history of British TV, he was on Vera. <laughs> he was in Lady Macbeth with Florence Pugh, mm. but I do not remember him. Um, he played Walter Cromwell in Wolf Hall. Oh, he was also in an episode of Doctor Who. Um, oh, he was the broker in Guardians of the Galaxy, which that is like a mocap performance, I think. Um, the broker, the broker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an, he's like a, or, is he an orange alien? I don't remember. Uh, he's got one of those. He's also done a lot of voice acting. He's got one of those mm-hmm. careers where he's been in a zillion he's things. Done it. He's done it all. Um, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Where I'm always curious. 1978, Z-Cars, Man at Bus Stop. <laughs> First credit. Oh, yeah. man. He got picked up then. Man at Bus Stop to Tabletop Stroke Survivor. Killing it. He mm. was very, very good. Yeah. He was in the Michael Keaton Batman playing someone I don't remember. What the fuck? He was in... Alien 3. Oh. Wait, that's not the one. That's not the French director one, right? That's 4. What's that guy's name? Fucking City of Lost Children. Uh, Delicatessen. Come on. Come that, on. That might be 3. It's the one where there are all the clones. Oh, no, you're right. That is 4. Yeah. yeah. Where he goes, she goes into the uh, room and they're like all malformed Ripley's. And yeah. yeah. Three is David Fincher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So unless it's a different David Fincher, whose name is actually David Fincher. Fincher. Yeah. No. Thank God, you for being way ahead name? of me on that. Fucking. It's not Godard, but it's something like that. He might have directed he was in the Amelie. Fifth Element. Amelie? Uh, he was in. I'll check in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in. Just all kinds of shit. Yeah. Anyway, good Long career, job. Babe. Good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. I'm only up to 2005 and I've been scrolling. <laughs> um, now we just have to find out who directed Alien 4. Because um, we, we report the news. Fucking City of Lost Children, Delicatessen, Amelie, he's French. Is that Alien Resurrection? Alien Resurrection is 4, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jean, 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 Jean-Pierre Jeunet. Thank you. Jeunet, not Godard. Godard or Jeunet, writer, maybe. Um, and he did, Jeanette. in fact, direct Amelie. Mm-hmm. Nice pull. Mm-hmm. And you know who one of his favorite actors is? Oh. Uh, fucking Monsieur Raymond. Um, fucking, what's his name? God, I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> well, I can't we're remember having shit. one of those days. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, talk, Dominique Pignon. Dominique Pignon. Talk amongst yourselves for a minute. Okay. Allison's got to go get our uh, Patreon shit loaded up so we can thank all the good folks. And Janine, give us a... What's your cat's name again? Uh, Jasper. Give us a Jasper update. Um, oh, Sophie. Well, I've, I've rented my car. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm leaving on the 21st. Okay. Taking two days to go out there just because I'm going to give myself a longer road trip. Yeah. Uh, then I'm spending a couple days uh, at my friend Casey's cabin in the middle of the woods. Nice. Um, uh, be careful. Yeah. She, <laughs> 
<laughs> no, she's she's a witch and she might kill me and it's okay because it's done in love. We just met. We, we just were doing the Josiah beers. Uh, yeah. be careful. It could be. Who knows? Those are the last she, two words said to them before they hit that. Like head. there's, it's it's very magical there. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots happening. Uh, I might visit Penn State. Uh, that's oh, like okay. a place that I, I might apply for for a PhD. Oh, cool. Um, and then, uh, then I'm going to drive to her parents' house, which is two hours uh, west, mm-hmm. going heading back. Uh, stay the evening, like meet Jasper, stay the evening, and then in the morning come back to Chicago with him. All right. How long does it take to drive to Chicago from there? Uh, from that point, it'll be s- about six hours. Okay. Six That's to not hours. too long to have a cat in a car. He's still not going to like you. No, he's going to be pissed. He'll be real mad. Well, yeah. he'll also be pissing. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'll get him into your apartment and you guys will settle into a rhythm and then you'll be a best bud. Uh, and I have a small hiccup, which I wanted to ask you guys about. Yeah. Uh, I have to go on a business trip three days later. I will watch your cat. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because yeah, he needs to have some people around mm-hmm. him. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be okay, like loving having his, the place to himself. Because mm-hmm. he's like, he'll be it. lonely. Yeah. Sophie, well, Sophie doesn't like it because she's so fucking old and so codependent and also deaf. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Sophie. But uh, some cats <laughs> like the kind of alone time. He's we'll a, see, but he's a shy guy. Likes he has. They bought him a like a, a gray cat cave mm-hmm. uh, that I I have to find a place to put up high because uh, he likes. Oh, that. he's a tree dweller. Yeah, yeah, not a bush dweller. Yeah, <laughs> that's a Jackson Galaxy. Oh, shit. oh, I recognize the Jackson Galaxy reference. Okay, yeah. So uh, you thank you so much for listening as always. Yeah, to thanks, us, guys, um, gals, people. Uh, do a pretty good podcast unless we get too drunk yeah. in which case which we did not today we or not. last week so blow me dude uh, <laughs> well I think maybe this person started at the beginning anyway oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which yeah we, we yeah. was getting hammered back remember that episode where we were so hungover that's oh, a favorite of God. mine oh we just wished for death it wasn't that the fr- that was the first episode of the season one rewatch maybe it was I think so I remember okay um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlendercast you can find us on Twitter at podlendercast uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast uh, where you can see our patron feed mm-hmm. um, if you're using uh, the Patreon app on your phone, we sometimes do little lenses and you can see um, like what the process is like. Or I did one this week when we posted our first uh, bonus episode. Our, we, we have several little like bonus series, but this one, the new one is Janine's Corner, the Janine Experience, <laughs> where it's just Janine talking about whatever is going on in his life for five or six minutes, <laughs> um, which is a patron-only benefit. Yeah. Um, benefit. And benefit I, when I, I, when I posted the first one, I had texted Janine and said, hey, please send me a selfie so that I can have artwork. And he sent me some options and was always in a corner. Really made me laugh. <laughs> That's fucking so hilarious. I, so I recorded a lens where I just was trying to be like, it's called Janine's Quarter. The Janine Experience. <laughs> like it just was making me laugh. Anyway, um, among We're, other things, there's uh, goodies and whatever, but the our, our favorite Patreon perk is our Slack, Slack channel. channel. It's fun. Which got a whole bunch of new people this week. So hey, if you join the Slack and haven't said hi to folks yet, just pull off the Band-Aid. Everyone is really nice. You'll have a really good time, I promise. Yep. Um, that goes to anybody that's still lurking in the Slack after months, and there are definitely more people in the Slack than are actively using it. So please come out and say <laughs> hi. Um, we want to thank all of our patrons for making the show possible because doing a podcast is expensive, even when you're pretty lo-fi like us. But we especially want to thank the following. Katie Kirshner, Dr. J, Trish McCrary, Jen Lander Drunklin, Amanda Newton, Kayla Regan, uh, Misty Ojepi. Again, if you want me to say something other than that, you just let me know. Zena Perez, Ashlyn Berger, or Berger, let me know. Um, 
Lola Bun Bun, uh, Lola, if you would like something else, let me know. Kara Marla, Ruth McCormick, Ann Gibson, Crystal Nanavati, Mary Lumpkin, Chantel Salters, Catherine Marshall Eastman, Tara Lucino, Steph Peterson, Rachel, right? Every yes. time I doubt yes. myself. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Steph Peterson, Rachel Townsend, Jenna Polkowski, Samantha Smith, Emma Lofald. She sent me a message saying, yes, yeah. everyone pronounces it wrong. Thank you for doing it right. You are welcome, yeah. Emma Lofald. Uh, Maria, Chrissy Shively, Whitney Harrington, Amanda Mary the Falling Statue, Heather Moore, Viv Pickles, and Kiki the Wise, our unofficial Slack den mother. Thank you so much. I guess official. She's the Slack den mother. She's official. She's the best. Thank you to all of our patrons, but to those folks in particular for supporting the show and making it possible for us to do this dumb thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> this three-star podcast. The, my, the week, title though. of the review was meh. Was it really? <laughs> what a oh, dick. my God. <laughs> That's it's so funny. funny. It's totally That's fine. fine. It's literally Everybody gets their the own only iTunes review that we've ever had that wasn't like, love these drunk bitches, wish I could hang out, which is fine. That's I fine. Guess it's we've fine. had a good run, but now <laughs> I'm really sorry to announce this is the last episode of Podlander yeah. Drunk Cast. Oh. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> we had this threshold, five stars only. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the first time anyone is like, meh. We're out. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, y'all are the best. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with an episode that is probably not going to be as good as this one because how, it, how this is it a be? great episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, bye. Bye. bye.